you, what you're saying is if you can see that fish react to it and they don't take it that first time, you just if you keep recasting, you're basically trying to irritate that fish enough to where they're just going to say, you know what, get out of here, and they're yeah. going to attack it. A lot of times, a lot of times, just irritating. They'll get tired of looking at it. They just will get tired of looking at it. They'll just, it's, I want it out of here. It's pestering me. I've had them where you can throw and actually keeps keep bumping them in the nose. And you just keep throwing in there, bump them on the nose, throwing in there, bump them on the nose. And eventually they'll just get tired of, you get tired of if I keep bumping you on the nose. Yeah. So, just you know, my, my, brother, my brother Jack's another great bed. Uh, Camel boots on my feet, bow in my hand, walking in the early dawn to climb up. Hey, Redbone, did you hear about that new deer feed? What new deer feed? Hey, Buck Grits, boys, you ain't heard of that yet? Buck Grits? BuckGrits.com. Well, tell us about it. What makes it better than any other deer feed? Well, Buck Grits has got the protein a deer needs, it's got the fat a deer needs, it's got the amino acids, it's got the energy, it's got it all, brother. It's going to well, bring them back after the rut, and it's going to put a rack on their head. And it's going to help the lactate and doe, I assume, too, after they have the fawns. That's right. Keep the fawns going and get them for the next crop. Well, where can I get Buck Grits? buckgrits.com you can get a sample you can order it directly from the website and we're coming to a retailer near you if you want to help a deer herd use buck grits i've been on a big board for a while i can load him in the back of my truck we can take it to a holler take it to a field across the creek up a big old Wise Eye, Hornady, Eagle Seed, Amped Outdoors, Apex Ammunition, Slaughter Fishing, and Buck Grits. And Buck Grits presents American Roots Outdoors. Welcome to the show. We are in the studio and we have got a great show lined up as always. And this time of the year, most of the states are wrapping up their turkey season. Some are still open up north, Wayne. Yeah, just like, I think there's only a couple states. That yeah, are even, Pennsylvania, New York, New Michigan. York. Yep. Some of them's opened up there. Ohio uh, We did already. not go to Pennsylvania. Wayne couldn't go, so I, I wasn't going to go by myself, so I didn't go. So our subject matter this week is catching fish this time of the year on the lakes and rivers. And our special guest... Today is Mr. Rick York, professional bass fisherman. Uh, Rick is from Cherokee Village, Arkansas. Uh, we've had Rick on the show several times, haven't we, Redbone? And yeah, great well, well, he, well, he's from Donovan by way of Cherokee Village. I don't know how that works out, but it works out. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they said they run him out of Donovan. He was catching too many smallmouth, and it made all the guys mad. Is that true, Rick? No. <laughs> he got tired of having flat tires. Want to give a shout out to, I think we need to give a shout out to old Tommy Dalton. Yeah, Tommy's probably, Tommy Dalton. He's probably getting his hay equipment ready to go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're going fishing tomorrow, Tommy, if you're listening. But you'll hear this on Saturday. But anyway, we're going to have Rick in here talking about some of the techniques he uses to catch fish this time of the year on the rivers and lakes. And uh, right now we're going to talk about the sale of Cardinals and everything else that's going on. we got Memorial Day weekend coming up. And, uh, hey, uh, our hat's off to all our veterans and our loved ones that's no longer with us. And, uh, you know, Get out and support your communities. Uh, get with your families and friends and go to the cemeteries and put flowers on the graves. And Mallory, Linda and Mallory's already been doing it. They went to buy Burnham Boss up to her family's Redbone. Okay, well, that's good. And then people, sometimes we get all caught up in the picnics and the barbecues and going to the river and going to the lake and all that stuff. And sometimes just take a couple of hours and, and, and go pay homage to those veterans that lost their lives. I yeah. mean, that's what the weekend's all about. Yeah. Yeah, if it wasn't for them, we wouldn't be able to do what you just mentioned, the barbecues, the fishing, exactly the cookouts. Right. Yeah. We wouldn't be doing this radio show if it wasn't for the veterans. Exactly. It, well, all, go, well, it all goes we back. Might, we would just be doing it in Russian <laughs> or German. <laughs> it all goes or back. Japanese. Or Japanese. Right? It all goes back to our roots, everybody. Yeah, exactly. No pun intended. But our roots, that's why we're here, our loved ones and all those that serve. So thank you uh, to the family members out there. It's got loved ones that served in our country to fight for our freedom. You want to say something, Rick, about freedom? And uh, it's like I said, it's just going on. Um, 
I had uh, my parents, dad, grandpa mm-hmm. was all in the war, served. World War II? Yes. Uh, my dad, grandpa was World War II, and my dad was in the Air Force, and he was actually got to do some nuclear testing out in the Kwajalein Islands. Wow. And everything. He actually got to drop an atomic bomb. Oh, wow. Yeah. From Donovan, Missouri? From Donovan, Missouri. Yeah. They dropped wow. it from an airplane. They dropped it from an airplane. <laughs> yeah, not yeah. from Donovan. No, not, not on Donovan either. <laughs> nobody, did, nobody ever knowed that they dropped it on That is but, pretty cool. Yeah, I, I'm going to talk about my dad real quick. Uh, my dad served in World War II and U.S. Navy, and he was on the USS Yorktown. What about your family, Wayne? Uh, my dad was the uh, in the Air Force at McConnell Air Force Base there in Kansas. Uh, I got uh, some cousins and some uncles that are serving. Uh, did Air Force myself. Uh, unfortunately, uh, injuries do a, a toll on you on that. So <laughs> I then came out and started doing the, the medic stuff, of course, as everybody knows. But, no, I, I just, again, I can't say enough of how appreciative we all here at american roots is are towards our veterans and that those that serve those are still serving those are who are thinking about serving yeah. don't change your mind i mean yeah. we need you the country needs you yeah i, I would agree and and i'm not gonna say it's a regret but one of the things maybe that if i ever regret anything i ever did in my life was not joining the military at high school mm-hmm. I, mean, I have two brother-in-laws uh that are career uh, Air Force, both of them are retired now in Florida, mm-hmm. still work on the Air Force base uh, as civilians. But uh, their, their whole lives, I think Jay spent 33 years, and I think Jewel spent 30. And uh, they, they loved it. They had a great life. And, and, of course, they were in the Air Force in what were as close to non-wartime as we've ever been in our country's history. So, right. But, uh, yeah, hats off to all the veterans, every yeah. single one of them. So, again, thank you all very much uh, to the families out there, family members that did serve and then are serving. So, that being said, we're going to talk about some other things here. Uh, and you know me, I like to bring it up every first segment of the show. What about the Cardinals? What about that? The team that you said was just a 500 team has won six out of their eight last ball, out of six out of their last eight ball games, and now are pushing the Milwaukee Brewers for first place. Awesome. He had to slam me. <laughs> I guess we're I, I think they're, I, I, still think they're think, I think they're now eight games over five hundred, which is pretty good considering we're only, you know, thirty two or thirty three games into the season. So Mr. Smart Alley <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Are you do you think they're gonna go uh you, you think that uh, they're gonna peak out before they should, or what do you think? No. Because right now they're not playing with a full deck. Jack Flaherty. Uh, who was a Cy Young Award nominee last year, uh, has not pitched an inning yet. He's getting ready to come back. Jordan Hicks is coming back, who was a closer, throws 103 miles an hour. Uh, he's getting ready to come back from injury. Uh, Yadier Molina has been out on bereavement, a uh, family member that, that died, so he had to go back to Puerto Rico, and or the Dominican, whichever he's from, and, and he's on bereavement leave, so they don't have their starting you know, all-star and, and possible Hall of Fame catcher right now. But they're, they're starting to put it together. And, and here's the thing about Major League Baseball. You've only got to win about 90 games to make the playoff. That is correct. You know, and they're, you know, if you go 500, you go 81 and 81. So they're on a pace right now to win 90 games. And normal baseball season, that's going to get you in the playoffs. So they already got like 29 or 30 wins. Mm, yeah. yeah, something like that. Yeah. yeah, around 30 wins. Yeah. I don't recognize the name that he said. So. Yeah. <laughs> last well, time I watched, last time I watched still, baseball, Wayne still lives across the street. Right. Last, last well, time last Wayne, time I watched baseball, Maddox, the big unit, they were all still pitching. So, last time Wayne watched baseball, Willie Stargell was a rookie. <laughs> <laughs> no, once once uh, once Maddox left, I mean, I used to love watching him just because his precise placement of the ball was just. I still have yet to ever see anybody place a ball like that here's what i'm going to say about that greg maddox he was precise with his placement of the ball it was two inches off the plate but because he was greg maddox they called it a strike anyway <laughs> but if you're consistently two, right? <laughs> if you're consistently two inches off the plate the umpire will give that to you every time they will, they will. <laughs> yep that's one of the negatives about baseball. I hate that. If it ain't in the strike zone, don't give it to them. It's just that simple. Well, okay, hey, here, here's a question for you then. Are yeah. you for the electronics taking over the umpire? No. Okay. 
So no. we can still pitch two inches off the outside of the plate. Then, <laughs> you know, you know, well, exactly, exactly. But but you know, if football is letting electronics take over the National Football, League, yeah, and you know they they do everything in the name of of speeding up the game. The games are longer now than ever. Than because, ever, because right. every five minutes you're stopping for a video replay, right? And it's yeah. killing momentum. It does, so, no yeah, doubt. And it'll do the it same does. thing with baseball. You know, they're trying Momentum to speed up the game. Momentum is everything yeah. in any sport. I don't care it what it is. It is. And, and let me tell you, I'm just going to touch on this. A lot of high school refs know it. Umpires know it. They they, they know. And But anyway. Well, well, I'll say this. You take momentum away, you, you're going to hurt a team. Yeah, and, and, and Alex knows this more than most because they're, they're, I've never seen a high school team. And this is over history, over the last 20 years anyway. That if that snowball for the Mountain View Birch Street Liberty Eagles ever starts rolling downhill, yeah, you better get out of the way, yeah, because they're fixing to lay a whooping on you. Mm-hmm. And and I've had you know talks with Hall of Fame football coaches Thayer Billy Weber for years yeah. and years and years. You can't let that ball start rolling downhill because if you do, mm-hmm. you're going to lose. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, that's exactly it, right. Momentum is everything in sports. It is. And, and to switch something here real quick, Redbone. Yep. Uh, American Idol. I know we've been talking about this for the last uh, few weeks. Leah Thompson was your pick. No, I, or, or you, well, no. you were you were saying that you you thought she might because she was an up and comer. Hunter Girl was my pick. Hunter Girl was my pick from so, the very start. Yep, and mine too. And uh, and then Noah Thompson won, and that was the one my wife picked. So it's been an emotional week for me because I lost my bet to my wife. Hers won, I lost. So I have to do laundry now for the next week. Same thing happened in my house. That happens every year. <laughs> he does laundry all the time. Every my, t- I see him every week going around carrying the laundry bag. <laughs> Renee doesn't do the laundry. Wayne does the laundry. Wayne Dad. does the cooking. No, no, no. My, no. my wife is, Give me is, hot water. is just like me. She had picked Hunter Girl from the very start. I'm yep. trying to get you and, fired and when up, they, Renee. And when they announced Noah Thompson is the winner, same thing she's done every year when her person doesn't win. It's rigged. It's rigged. It's rigged. <laughs> <laughs> but it was an interesting season for it. It was. Yeah, hey, good, glad two country singers finished in the top two and another country singer won it again. All right, everybody, we're going to go to a break. When we come back, we're going to talk about fishing tactics to catch fish this time of the year on the lakes and rivers. Don't go away. We'll be right back with more right after this. Hey, everybody, this is Michael Water with Bone Collector, and you're listening to my buddy Alex Rutledge on American Roots Outdoors, man. Don't miss an episode. Wishing on some love. I've been on a big board for a while. Redbone, what would you say if I could tell you that you could kill a buck on a certain day? I would say you're crazy. There's no way to predict how the bucks are going to move. Well, you're wrong. There's a new camera out called Wise Eye Technologies. These guys can predict the actual deer movement exact time that a deer is going to come through. Really? Wise Eye Technology? This camera has five megapixel pictures, has a GPS system built inside, and it's an experience using this camera. It collects data and tells you the movement, wind direction, everything. On a camera? On a camera. WiseEyeTechnologies.com. And how do I find out more information about these guys? You go to WiseEyeSmartCam.com. I'm using them. You should, too. Make your hunt easier. Use WiseEye. presents welcome back to american roots outdoors again this show is focused on catching this fish this time of the year forgot what season which fish would that be <laughs> catching largemouth and smallmouth kentuckys uh that's our subject matter today and what better guest could we have in the studio with us than uh Mr. Rick York. Mr. Rick York holds uh, several titles. He won uh, the Current River Classic Championships. You and Kenny Hunt. Uh, how many yep. times? Twice. Twice. How many times have you uh, won the King of the River or been in the top two or top three? Uh, just twice. Yeah. Just twice the King River. I usually I haven't been able to fish it lately. I other uh, yeah tournament stuff just doesn't. Workout and you coach. Talk about what you do real quick. Uh, some of your bigger tournaments you won in the lake series, lake fishing, and and then talk about what you do throughout the, the year with kids and stuff. Well, this year it's getting kind of rough this year. I don't know the water, um, weather, just nothing's cooperated this year. It's been a rough spring. Um, I did though uh, help get 
my uh, high school kids that I do. I did help them get qualified again for nationals. That's two years in a row for the young man and his partner. Um, they are going to get to go to Lake Hartwell in August for uh, about a week's worth of fishing and uh, for the national event, which will be over 300 boats. And this is high school fishing. This is high school BASS BASS. Yeah. And who's the young man you want? You go uh, Jeremiah Pro. And I'm sorry, I can't. Dylan. Um, I can't remember Dylan's last name. I'm sorry. That's Jeremiah and Dylan. Yeah. But Dylan, anyways, Dylan. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so both of those te- those kids, they teamed up this year. And uh, here again, they qualified for, for uh, the Angler of the Year through the Northeast Arkansas uh, chapter of uh, BASS in this area. And actually, this year, we qualified three teams wow. from the Northeast Arkansas area wow. to go to nationals. That's beautiful. There, there's some, a team beautiful. from Maynard. There's uh, the team that I do. And then there's also the team from Salem, Arkansas, that won the BASS. Blankenship boys. The Blankenship uh, uh, Hunter York and Hunter York, and I can't remember the other boy's name, but anyways, they qualified automatically by winning the BASS national awesome. event. At Shout North out North. to them Northern Arkansas boys, so everybody. There's, there's yeah. Three, Northeast yeah. Arkansas, yeah. Three kids getting to go to nationals this year, yeah. which is an awesome thing. These I kids. wish, Wayne Redbone, that they would get high school fishing started here in our communities, you know, in Alton, Thayer, uh, Mountain View Birch Tree. Yeah, they started a little bit. And I know Thayer doesn't have an officially sanctioned team, but we've got some kids that do yeah. fish on yeah. the high school there, circuit. There's, there's some kids. They can, you can have to be in your state. You can actually come out of your state, like the mm-hmm. kids from Thayer, Mammoth, and stuff. They can come fish mm-hmm. our Arkansas group. And yeah. Uh, yeah, the McFan boys, that. the McFan boys from Thayer, uh, they yeah. fish a lot of the high school. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, but uh, you don't have to be from that state to be able to fish. You can come across the lines, fish the trails, um, you know, just stuff like that. So it's good uh, stuff. Good yeah. stuff. Let's get to the just gist of this. This time of the year. Now, we've had a lot of fluctuation with water levels on the lakes and the rivers. Let's start off with lake fishing. Uh, as we talked before, uh, we got on the show here. I said, you know, I figure all the fish hasn't spawned out yet. And you said? Um, most of them have. Most of the fish have spawned already. There's a few that, because the water came up so quick, that these fish are just, they're sitting there holding off. They're, they'll they'll come up and there won't be a big wave of them, but there will be a few late spawners. Because once this water gets stable, they'll they'll come on up and do their thing. I've got a question for you here. Uh, for, for all of our listeners, again, we are in 19 countries now. Okay. Uh, explain to everybody the process uh, of a fish spawning, how actually step-by-step uh, how this occurs and what to look for and explain the male when he takes over the bed and all that. Let's talk about that. Okay. Uh, first off, usually the, uh, the fish will start coming out of deep water. Once the winter kind of takes effect, the water gets up in the 48 to 53 degree range. The males will start coming up and looking for areas to spawn. Once the water temperature usually gets in that 58 to 65 degree water temperature, they will uh, go ahead and the males will start trying to make beds. Uh, the females will come up. So, so the male actually makes the bed for the sow to go in to lay her eggs. Yes. Yes, most okay. of the times the, the the males will make beds ahead of time, and then the females will move in uh, as the water warms, and they warm their eggs. They get up shallow, warm their eggs up, and everything. Then when it gets to uh, you know at certain magical, like mostly sixty two, sixty five degree, yeah. Yeah. the fish will lock on beds and start doing their thing. So and, so fish will lock on the beds. You talking about the sow gets on the bed first. After he makes the bed, the sow will go in there and lay her eggs, correct? Yes, she will, they will both get in there together, lay their eggs. Uh, he she, lays she, eggs, too? No, no. Yeah. <laughs> I started to say, I don't no, think so, no, Rick. Anyways, yeah. But anyway, yeah. so then 
They'll she'll get in lay there her together, eggs, and, and he'll, he'll cover her, the eggs. He'll cover the eggs then, and then uh, usually she'll just drift off to the side. She'll just try to move off. She won't leave completely, yeah. but she'll drift off to the side. She'll stay uh, around. She'll hang around for maybe a day or two, and then after that, then the male's in charge. He's so, so, he's so when she lays her eggs, you listen to this red bone wing. When she lays her eggs, she lays them out there in that bowl, and usually mm-hmm. beds look like a bowl. Mm-hmm. If you wear good sunglasses, you can see these beds, oh, yeah, and it can be anywhere from uh, one foot of water to nine, to nine, ten foot yeah. of water. Yeah. You know, depending yeah, on clear. the clarity and the temperature. So she lays her eggs in this bowl. Mm-hmm. Okay, does he come in there? Does he does he lay any semen over her eggs? Yes. Okay, yes, let's talk do, about that. He'll do that. He'll come in and fertilize the eggs, and then he'll hang around, and then he's in charge of guarding that guarding nest. that nest till them fry or able to swim around and move around on their own. Well, so. Here's a question for you: Do the uh, do the females do they or sows, as you were saying, uh, do they have multiple beds, or do they do they one will. bed and they're done? Some, really? Sometimes they will. Sometimes wow, they will question. move on. To another bed if they're not. To another bed. So, yeah. To another bed. Yeah. Yeah. We're so, going to go to a break, everybody. This is good stuff. Yeah. Good stuff. We're going to break. When we come back, we're going to talk more about catching fish this time of year on the lakes and rivers. Don't go away. We'll be right back with more American Roots Outdoors right after this. This is Brenda Valentine, and you're listening to American Roots Outdoors with Alex Rutledge and friends. Up a big old hill. How many of you are tired of your batteries running out of energy, out of power? Let me tell you about Amped Outdoors. I've changed using the batteries I have had in the past. Amped Outdoors, I have the new 80 amp, 24 volt, single battery, weighs 46 pounds. This thing has produced energy all day long. Tested for two days, total use 11 hours. Cannot tell the batteries have even lost any energy. Go to Amped Outdoors if you want to be successful and not run out of power. Buck Grizz presents. Welcome back to America Roots Outdoors, everybody. Right now is a crucial time to be feeding your deer and your turkeys. You got does that's spawning right now. You want them to have plenty of fat content and proteins. You need to try the buck grits. Feed them. Feed them something to help them. Also, do something for the ticks. We got serious tick problems right now. And uh, keep that in mind. Now, back to our subject matter with Mr. Rick York. Uh, man, this guy is a true champion. Uh, very knowledgeable man, uh, one of the best fishermen I've ever fished with in my life. I truly mean that. And just a great gentleman. Uh, he loves to throw a spinnerbait. <laughs> but anyway, back to our subject matter. We're talking about nest, how a sow female will go in and he'll make the, the male will make the bed, and usually it's in gravel. And she will come in and lay her eggs, then he'll cover the eggs with semen. He'll lay his uh, semen over them, then he'll guard that nest till the fry gets big enough to leave the nest. So, my question is for you, Rick. Okay, since there's some fish that hasn't spawned out yet, you catch fish on a bed right now. And sometimes you'll see the sow and male together or not far from there. Yes. What is a tactic that you like to use catching bedded fish? Let's talk about that. Um, usually present, uh, like a wacky rig sinkhole, uh, just a straight worm hooked in the middle. Just throw it out there on 10, 12 pound test line. Just let it fall. No weight whatsoever. Just let it fall in the nest. Uh, the other thing, drag up. And you're watching, you're watching oh, you can that watch bait. It. You'll watch them. And you could tell whether the fish is going to bite or not on how they react when it falls in the nest. If they swim off and don't pay no attention, they're... Probably not going to buy. <laughs> so you but, can tell you can tell within seconds if you're going to um, catch within within four or five minutes. Usually, it takes Brandon sometimes Lester, more than once catch. I fished with Brandon Lester. Mm-hmm. He, he's a beast. Yeah. Okay, he's one. Uh, uh, he blew my mind bed fishing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he caught all of his fish on the beds with a Ned rig. That's that was what he said. He said, I, I can tell you within thirty seconds yeah. if I'm going to catch this fish or not. They swim off or they'll nose down. And look at it, and they'll they'll act on the bait somehow. If you see them move and act on that bait, look at it, track it. Ooh. they're they're gonna 
they're going to bite. It may take a while, but they, they will eventually buy. So, you, so the trick to catching bedded fish, and Wayne Redbone, if you got questions, feel free to jump in because I'm just passionate about this right now. Would the same thing apply with bedded fish on the river? Are they the same? Yeah, same. Small mouth, the same. Same, same way. Same thing. Same way. Just small, small baits, small uh, presentations. It's important. The to water have. current affects you a little more yeah. trying to place the bait. Yeah. It'll float out. You have to throw above, let current carry it in there. Usually, if the current will carry it in there, they'll be a little more active on it than just dropping it straight in their heads sometimes. Well, it sounds to me that what you're saying is if you can see that fish react to it and they don't take it that first time, you just, if you keep recasting, you're basically trying to irritate that fish enough to where they're just going to say, you know what, get out of here and they're yep. going to attack it. A lot, of time, a lot of times, just irritating. They'll get tired of looking at it. They just will get tired of looking at it. They'll just, it's, I want it out of here. It's pestering me. I've had them where you can throw and actually keep, keep bumping them in the nose. And you just keep throwing in there, bump them on the nose, throwing in there, bump them on the nose. And eventually they'll just get tired of, you get tired of if I keep bumping you on the nose. Yeah. So, just, you know, you know, my, my yeah, brother, my brother Jack's one, another great bed, uh, bed fisherman. Yes, he is. And his, he's got eagle eyes. I'm telling him and Troy McAfee, man, they're, they're beast. But anyway, uh, Jack will throw a fluke, he'll throw a swim bait, he'll throw a gets it, he'll throw a worm. He throws whatever. But the secret is, is keeping aggravating them and picking the right fish that you know you can catch. So that's a tip for all of you that's listening to the show is, you know, focus on catching the fish that you know you can catch. Would you agree with that? Yes, very much so. Um, like I said, I'm not a big fan of Bed bed fishing. Fishing. Yeah. You know, I, I do it some when I have to, but I I don't know. I just I just soon leave them alone, let them do their thing, raise more, yeah. more fish. You so know. so if you don't want to fish bedded fish, because not everybody's going to be catching bedded fish yeah. right now, this no, time of year on the river or lake, yeah. what do you focus? What do you look at? What kind of fish are you finding? You're finding the fish that just come off the bed. Now, explain what a female feels like, what she's going through after she's come off that bed and laid them eggs. She's tired. She's, she's tired. She doesn't want to do anything. She doesn't want to eat. There's usually after a spawn, there's about a week and a half, 10 days to or lull. so. This lull. They just, they don't want to do anything. They're just like, I mean, they just don't want to do anything at all. So, um, so usually after that, after that little 10 day deal, uh, you, they like fluke top water. They're looking to eat. They're hungry. Yeah. They're tired. They've been laying around. Yeah. They're hungry. They want they want an easy meal. Better. They They're want an better. easy meal. You know, they want yeah. something they can yeah. track pretty easy. But uh, but then after that, there's right now the top water bites should be phenomenal on the lakes right now. So they've come out of that lull. Yeah, they you come think out they come out of that lull the biggest, on the, the lakes? The majority part. of the fish is spawned out. The more majority of fish. So, yes, so, they have. so right now, if you, there's fish on beds, it's usually the male that's still guarding the fry. Yeah, there's and, and, and yeah, yeah, there 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 is. There's probably and there'll be a few you know females still move up that just late. I mean, they just do that. So, but uh, it's pretty well over with. It's it's top water time. <laughs> so. Well, then that that leads me then to a question of when they're coming off this uh, their beds and then say you know about that week and a half ten days or so and they're starting to feed again. You're saying you know they're they're looking for something slow and easy. Are you saying then at that time you should be fishing slow and not speed fishing? Do more of a a slow worm, a slow jig, uh, as opposed to you know throwing spinners at that time. You know, fast and jerky. Um, there's I don't know. There's just kind of a fine line there. Sometimes. Yeah. Sometimes they want chase baits, but for the most part, they want something just like you can throw a topwater, walk a spook or a, a jerk bait, Arthur, jerk bait something back real slow. Uh, red fin, just wake yeah. a red fin on top of the water. They'll, you know, they just they they're they're hungry. They're going to eat. So so and, next question. So the fish are not catching them on the bed now. So the fish have moved away from the bed. What type of water do you focus on? on the lake to find the bigger fish we got one minute um me my, personally myself i i'm looking shallow water right now as much as everything's up backs creeks bushes little creek channels drops stuff like that uh there is a lot of fish now kind of out on the bluffs 
that have moved out that haven't went deep yet, but are right on the ledges on the bluffs. And that's your top water fish. Really good. So okay. we've got a great question here from Guy Pulliam. We're going to answer it when we come back from this break. This is coming up the last segment of the show. <laughs> but Guy Pulliam says, what happens to the beds? Be thinking about this, everybody, while we go to commercial. When the lake rises, what happens to those beds? We'll answer that when we come back. You're listening to American Roots Outdoors. Don't go away. We'll be right back with more right after this. Hey, this is Eddie Salter, and you listen to American Roots and Outdoors with Alex Rutledge and friends. Around your heart, so you never got to worry what the wind might do. American Roots. Hey, turkey hunters, this is Alex Rutledge. <laughs> Have you heard about Apex Ammunition? If you haven't, they are American owned, American made made one at a time, hand-loaded. These turkey loads will give you the confidence that you need to close the deal on that old hook daddy long beard gobbler. For more information, go to www.apexammunition.com. Amped Outdoors presents... Welcome back to American Roots Outdoors. We are in the studio at K-Country 95, Thayer Mammoth Spring area. we got in the studio Redbone Mike Crace, uh, director of radio and the director of podcast, co-brand manager, and co-host Wayne Locke with our special guest, Mr. Rick York. Mr. Rick York is a bass coach for high school kids and president of Arkansas Bass. NEA Bass. NEA Bass. Arkansas yep. Bass. Yep. So, uh... We're picking his brain. This guy knows a lot about lake fishing, a lot about river fishing. So I'm going to ask him a question again uh, for river fishing. If the fish are off the bed, you're trying to find bigger fish on the river. What do you focus on? Mm, shallow water logs. Shallow water logs is yes. trying to find a big sow that wants to feed. Yeah, usually, and usually that fish will a lot of times be on the backside of that log. She don't want nothing bothering. She don't want anybody yeah. bothering her, and that's your yeah. bigger fish. Just, you ever find any of them in the middle of the fish. river in shallow water? Once in a great while, yeah. But very, the current's usually a little too stiff for yeah. them, so and everything. So, but that's that's my areas to look the especially the oddball areas. Just the one little log yeah. that's just nobody ever <laughs> motors by all the time. You know, yeah. just that what thing. is your biggest? largemouth to date and your largest smallmouth you've ever caught in your life uh eight three on largemouth and four fifty six on smallmouth that's a good one. on yep. current river on current river that's actually mm-hmm. i was out of donovan yeah that was cool can you remember the day when you caught her and what type of weather it was what phase she was in mm, it was the- in the fall of the year the smallmouth uh the largemouth was spring of the year uh, the fish would just come off beds yeah. and everything. So, uh, so, so that one. Yeah. So, if anybody else has any questions here, uh, we need to answer Guy Poyman's question. What happens to the beds when the lakes keep rising like now? Um, a lot of those fish, if it doesn't get too deep on them, they just they'll stay. If they actually are spawning, they will stay until. I mean, I don't know. I mean, it depends on the fish, the mood they were in, mm-hmm. what was going on. If they've been bothered. If they've yeah. been bothered. Uh, but if they if, if it gets too much water over their heads, they will they will pull out and stop and then and then move on up when the water stabilizes. Yeah, and I and I'm gonna and I'm going to assume that the water temperature and as temperature, the water gets deeper, yeah, the water down changes. below is colder, it's they, gonna change and if it gets below that. And I know that 62, yeah. 63 yeah. is kind of the ideal temperature. They have to have, the eggs have to have warm, the warmth from the mm-hmm. sunlight to help hatch them. So if and that if water gets temperature too, drops if to it 58 gets too or 59. Deep, yeah. If it gets too deep, yeah. the water gets too cool, it just, they just won't. They're going to abandon that bed and, yeah. and then. And then move on. We want somewhere yeah. else. Yeah. Guy's question now is, so if they abandon the nest, will the eggs go bad? Yes. Sometimes they will. Sometimes they won't, but. Most of the times it gets too deep, gets too cold. They just they just won't hatch out. 
When that male leaves that bed, guy, uh, minners, shad, everything will come in just attack the eggs. Yeah. Now he's constantly, he don't sleep. Yeah. He's guarding that nest. How many days does it take for the eggs to hatch? Do you know that answer? Mm, not right off. It's usually again. It probably seven, depends on temperature. Seven to ten days, up to two weeks. Yeah. Seven. I'd say seven to two weeks is is usually a is a is a kind of a baseline for that. And that here again all depends on the water temperature and everything. The warmer, the quicker. The cooler, the less. So. I just have you ever caught a fish in the fall uh, that still had eggs? Yes. Roe. Called yeah. roe. Yeah. Talk yeah. about roe. What is roe? Uh, a lot of that is next year's eggs. Some of that. Really? Yeah. Some of that is next they year's store eggs. It. They'll store them. They'll be up. Um, you know, they'll start just like, hmm. like okay. you know. Because I actually know somebody that, that had caught a fish like that, was full of eggs yeah. in, in the fall of oh, the yeah. year. Yeah. And they actually called Game and Fish. Said, you know, what's, what's going with this fish? And they said probably the conditions where that fish was never got right never for it got to, right spawn. to spawn. It yes. never it never laid the eggs. He said, yeah. well, what's going to happen to them? And the fish's body will absorb those eggs. Well, and they use it for yeah. protein energy. Yeah. Yeah. I've seen crappie do that up on Truman Lake. Water yeah. come up too quick, and the fish will go to the banks, and then the water come up too quick, and then the crappie will they'll just dissolve their eggs. They'll just turn white, milky. You'll catch them, you know, Four, five, six weeks later, and they'll just be white, milky, yucky. Just yeah, yeah. yeah. A fish you don't probably don't want to eat. No. <laughs> so, well, then I'm, I'm wondering then what you're saying with the the rain and the rising of the the lake and that and it making the beds go bad. That's almost similar to then with turkey. If we have wet springs, and if you have a few wet springs in a row, the turkey population tends to go down. Is the same for the fish. If we have too much rain in the spring and it washes out the beds for two or say three years in a row are you going to have a noticeable difference or is there enough fish eggs in a batch that we just don't have to ever there's, worry about there's usually enough fish and that they spawn that's one reason the spawn there's so many i mean they'll start spawning in march even in this area i mean you won't see very many but they will if the water's right the weather's right and then you've got like march april may you know even sometimes like this is going to be yeah, this will be almost June. into yeah. june so and they will you know and so and then you got possibly. and then and like I said when the water comes up like this they'll get in the bushes you know and the ones that haven't spawned they're going to spawn in the bushes and they've got all kind of cover that's one reason Norfolk and Bull Shoals right now has a good quality of small fish yeah. because of the high water these fish have spawned in these bushes and been protected mm. so but that's why there's lots of little fish. <laughs> <laughs> So. This is great information, man. Uh, Rick's very, very uh, knowledgeable about uh, catching these big smallmouth and big largemouth. Uh, I need to ask you this question. We've got three minutes left? Yeah, about two, two and a half. Yeah. Question here. What are your favorite baits to throw this time of the year? Just give me five. Um, top water spook right now or spinner bait always. Um, flip a sinko, throw a tube, largemouth, smallmouth, either one, and uh, throw a creature bait. Creature bait, some yeah. kind of creature yeah, bait. Some kind of creature bait, 316 sound sinker, three all hook, just some kind of creature bait. Throw it and just throw it and drag it around. Yeah, Same thing like the river. River, I, I throw creature bait even in the river. Yeah, yeah. So. yeah and, what, and what about the watercolor right now? Because we've had so much rain lately, especially this being Memorial Day weekend, a lot of people can be out fishing. I mean, the water is going to be a little bit dingy, probably in the lakes, real dingy I in the rivers. That. <laughs> that's, that's just my deal. Alex will tell you, I'm going to find dirty water. I know. Yeah. I, I like clear water. I like that I catch smallmouth clear... and six, you know, you watch some smallmouth swim out under a log, 16 foot of water. Here he comes. Yep, yep there he is. Yep. Don't mind it, but if I'm lake fishing, I'm, I'm looking for dirty water. I like that where the, where the dirty water kind of meets, meets, meets together. the stained yes. water. Mm-hmm. Woo, throw on that line. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Top water, especially. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So, so they stage there in those areas, mm-hmm. uh, largemouth and smallmouth. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So, Wayne, you think you'd like to be in a boat with this guy sometime? Yeah, say that. That sounds like that. That'd be fun. We'll have to yeah. definitely maybe, get maybe together tomorrow. one of these days. Maybe tomorrow. <laughs> maybe tomorrow. No, we're going to Tar <laughs> yeah. River in the morning. Well, you're Rick going. And I, I haven't. I haven't. going on Thursday. Tomorrow's Thursday. Right. Yeah. Yeah, but we're recording this show being heard on Saturday. Oh, okay. So he's saying <laughs> well, Sunday. Uh, <laughs> Rick and I are going to fish some tournaments together this year, for sure. Right, cool. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah. Anyway, we're, this wraps up the radio part of the show, everybody, and I'm going to let Wayne take over. We've got a quick 30 seconds. Thank you for listening in, Wayne. Yeah, just because the radio's ending doesn't mean that the show's ending, so just uh, hop on over to your pod, favorite podcast listener, type in American Roots Outdoors, uh, click on it, listen to the rest of the show. If you missed any of the radio show, shame on you, but uh, don't fret. Uh, just hop again onto the podcast. You'll hear the entire radio show plus the bonus segment that we're getting ready to do here now with Rick, where we're going to learn some more techniques that, uh, unfortunately, if you're on the radio only, you're going to miss it. Everybody, thank you again for listening to American Roots Outdoors. Remember, share the outdoors with a child, somebody that you, that hasn't ever been out there. It's all about God's great creation. Remember, American Roots is about faith, family, friends, outdoors, and constitutional rights. And remember, when your roots run deep and strong, there's no reason to fear the wind. So you never got to worry what the wind might do, American for joining us for today's American Roots Outdoors Radio with Alex Rutledge. You can find us on Facebook. Look us up on the World Wide Web at AmericanRootsOutdoors.com. We'll be back again next week on this great radio station. Apex Ammunition presents... We've got to pay James Earl Jones more money to do those introductions. Hey, who's your daddy? <laughs> but, uh, hey. We've been friends a long yeah, time. Yeah, here we go. <laughs> hey, if you're we're listening to this. jail together. Yeah. <laughs> if you're listening to this, that means you're listening to the podcast. We appreciate you being a podcast listener. Take a quick minute, a second, whatever you want to call it, and click uh, on the uh, reviews. Leave us a review and uh, make sure you uh, leave us a Hopefully a five-star. Hopefully you I like what you're hearing. Leave us a good review. A good review. Yeah. Hey, but bad you. reviews are okay, too, because we can learn from them, and then we'll, you know, laugh about it and throw it away. And you know, But, no, we can always learn. And if you got tips or tricks or or if there's something you want to hear, put it in a review. You know, we can add it to our list. How many of you out there would like to fish with Rick York? How many of y'all would like to buy a lottery ticket from me and sell some? <laughs> I'd, rather no, go, I'd rather go fishing with Rick Rick's York. over like cringing <laughs> one in the crowd. He's telling me But anyway, uh, great stuff. We've covered some great information here. And uh, Wayne, I know you're chomping at the bit to ask some more detailed questions about catching fish this time of year. You too, Redbone. Yeah, well, I'm going to start. Uh, because my, uh, Wayne doesn't have the microphone right now. Um, my question is to Rick, uh, just on a personal level, would you rather fish rivers or the lake? That's tough. Ooh. <laughs> if if you could only do one. Yeah, if somebody, I, I, if Alex some, just said the magic question. It depends on what time of the year. But if somebody said, Rick York, you can only fish rivers or lakes from Rest now you got to answer it. Yes or no. River Rest or lake? Lakes. Lakes. Lake? You lakes. killed me! <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> And why would that be? Uh, the traffic on the rivers in the summertime. Yeah. Okay. That's, oh, that's, that's, that's the only reason. Other than that, if it wasn't for that, no. Well, I was going to think maybe the variety of fish in the lakes as opposed to the river. too, but I, the river, it's just peaceful when there's not a sure. people. Yep. <laughs> I, I, I say for yeah. me, it'd be a farm ponds. That would be my <laughs> farm ponds for the rest of my life if I could. Yeah, well, there you go. I'm river all the way, 100%. I love lake fishing, and I'm learning more about it, fishing with Rick. Uh, but, you know, I'm just going to say this real quick. With all these instruments out there and these TV screens and all fish finders yeah. and electronics, and, man, it's really, I mean. Video game. Is it really fishing? <laughs> Video game. Let's talk about that. Video gaming. Well, you know, and it gets a whole lot to to people that that don't have big fancy boats and all that electronic. You're almost ashamed to go fishing because you see that guy over there doing that, and you go, "Yeah, I'm just I'm just sitting there on the bank with a bucket of worms." <laughs> yeah. I tell you what's funny is you watch a guy like Brandon Lester go against those other guys out there using all those electronics, watching their video screen, video game, and he's out there catching them, kicking their bus without using electronics. Yeah, that's impressive. Yeah, yeah. that's I'm I'm not an electronic person. I don't have that electronics. Most of the times, I'm fishing I mean, less than three foot of water, and it doesn't matter. In my book. <laughs> well, I got a question then on that. Is that because you don't just like it? Or do you find that it's actually more of a distraction, and you're not able to concentrate and get as much actual casting in? You're 
you know, do you find those people staring at the, it's almost like the kids. You're staring at the video game more in the car than you are watching the, the scenery going by. You you can get caught up. You, you can get caught up in watching the screen too much. Yeah. And the next thing you know, you've looked at your watch and it's noon and you're still looking at your screen and <laughs> you haven't done any fishing. You got you got you an know, empty you got an empty bucket of fish. Yeah, you know, you keep seeing those fish and they just won't react to your bait. Um I don't I just that's it's it's a distract I'm I'm sorry, I'm old school. That's I'm gonna mine. go out there and chunk and wind and Drag something each, around and where it falls, it falls. And to each their own. Yeah, and they, to each, I people. mean, there's there, if there's guys that are fabulous at this. Oh yeah. I mean, you you can watch any of these fishing shows, and these guys, and they'll be sitting there and go, "Yep, that's a three pounder." No, there's a five over there. Let's throw over there, and they can tell the difference on the live screens, the difference mm. in the fish, and can tell you whether it is a bass or not. That's how wow. good they are at that. Wow. And that's just it's amazing. Huh? Hats off to them, but. I don't know. I'm still old school. I like to just go fishing. Yeah. And, and I don't think Rick is saying that, you know, like if you have a hummingbird, you know, that you're not as good as the guy that doesn't have a hummingbird because I think if hummingbird came to you and said, we're going to sponsor you for $50,000, you know, you would say probably okay. But you're saying that there's a little bit of a, a that's a why technique. Wayne's a brand manager. Right. He's trying to keep some money. Well, I'm, I'm, to... I'm, I'm thinking that you're saying that it's almost like with turkey hunting. Alex is always saying, like, you know, decoys have, people have lost the ability to, to, to really fine a tune a call. To really call a turkey. Because of decoys. Like you're, the decoys you're almost saying that electronics have taken away the maybe the, the fine tuning ability that people for fishing that maybe they used so to have 10 years easier. ago. It, it, it does make it easier. Uh, yeah. I mean, you 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 do you turn your trolling motor on live. People will turn their trolling motor on, and you and if you watch some of these fish, they're going down the bank with their forward facing sonar, and they're doing nothing but looking for fish, and they will not make a cast till they see one. Yeah, you just you see them going down the bank, just ninety to nothing. Well, if you think about it, yeah, I mean, let me say it. Wait, wait. I, <laughs> see now, see now. This is where you could tell. Who has those electronics and who doesn't? Because the guys that have those electronics to do what you're saying have skinny forearms. <laughs> because they only cast three or four times yeah, an entire trip. Yeah, but the guys okay. that don't have it, they got Popeye forearms. Well, really, think about it. You're dang you do, dang you don't. Right. So if you, you're on electronics and you found the fish and you're fishing for money. More power to you. More power oh, to you. No, yeah, yeah, power, you. And, and, and it is, it is that. It is, it is come to that. They got you don't have it. This you're a decoy, a decoy turkey hunter, a decoy deer hunter, and, and a guy with electronics got an advantage over a common guy. Yep. It's that simple. Yep. You got an advantage. Yep. If you got money, I'm going to say it, if you got money to buy electronics and buy all this fancy stuff, yeah, you can help fish somebody like me. It 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 is it, you know, it's really come to it's a, it's a high thinking, dollar man? it's a high dollar game. I mean, and the the stuff's fantastic that they're using. That's what's amazing because when you do it, I've got a buddy that's got live scope, and you look down there and you drop. There's a crappie and you drop on it, and here comes a little dot up, and he eats it, and you're going, "Yep, there's a crappie." It's kind of like dirt track racing. If you you fall behind, you stay old school, and all these guys are using new equipment. Uh, ladder bars and torsion bars and this and that to make their car hook up. Your car's still not hooking up. You're going to get beat. So that's what's happening. Uh, you sit in lake tournaments. You sit in river tournaments. These guys are using uh, more advanced equipment. If you don't have the advanced equipment, you can't compete. So I'm not against it. I'm just saying, uh, you know, and I'm not even you talking about. And I'm not even talking about for tournament fishing. I'm just talking about just for oh, casual just fishing. fishing. Oh, yeah. I, I'm yeah. a tournament fisherman, yeah. and, and I don't, I don't, I don't. The only fish I'm going to eat is largemouth, a few largemouth Kentuckys, and some goggle-eyed crappie. It's hybrid and stoppers. So, so yeah, you got an advantage. If you got equipment, you got an advantage. It's just simple. Yeah. The only, probably the only time that would not maybe play as, as a rule would be somebody that maybe it's their their backyard. You know what I'm saying? Like this lake, I I grew up on this lake, so I know all the little spots. I don't need electronics you know because I've been fishing this. I've been fishing this lake for 25 years. I know every spot, so I don't need electronics. That's about the only time I you think blame people. that uh, you, can't you would blame have people an advantage. Yeah. I, you know, in this in the the money that's given out in these bigger tournaments, if you're not using the technology, <laughs> you're wasting your time and money. And money. Yeah, you really are. It's it's. I mean, but you're still getting the fish. Yeah, I mean, you're still. They're still going to catch fish. I mean, those guys are going to catch their fish, 
But I mean, a bad day of fishing is better than a, uh, a day not fishing. You're still not at home cutting grass. Yeah, exactly. No, so, <laughs> trying to get the weed eaters started. You know, it, it has come to that if you're not using the technology, you're you're snoozing, you're losing. Yep, it is. It is. That's simple. Well, what a great show, man. We covered some great subject matter. We learned a lot about bedded fish, how the process is, how the, the male goes in and makes the bed, the sow comes in, lays her eggs, and he comes in and he, he uh, lays his uh, semen over the eggs. Then after the, 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 they, they take, they combine, then the eggs become fertile. Then so many days, seven days to two weeks possibly. I don't know exactly how many days it is. Except it'll water temperature. Depends on water temperature. So anyway, the male bass will guard the eggs until they become fried. Then he'll stay around with the fry for quite oh, a yeah, while. He'll stay yeah, around to protect for them from all the other stuff. Yeah. So we learned a lot, Rick. Thank you so much for being on the show, man. Very knowledgeable. And I'm looking forward to you and I getting on the river in the morning. I'm looking forward to fishing some of these tournaments with you on the current river, the CRSA. Again, just want to say if you're listening and you're local, uh, come and fish the CRSA with us. The first tournament's June the 4th, Uh, 7 o'clock launch, 5 o'clock weigh-in, five fish limit. Yeah, I'd just like to say I'd like to come down and fish Thunderbird sometime. Yeah, come down. Take them on. We have a Tuesday nighter down there. You need to come down and fish Tuesday nighters. Tuesday nighter. Come on, I can do that. <laughs> then you can just stop by the station and sleep and then go to work. Yeah, yeah well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's the way it goes anyway. Yeah. Again, we'd like to thank Slider Fishing and all of our sponsors, all of our local sponsors, too, uh, across the country and everybody believing in American roots. Again, our missions, faith, family, friends, outdoors constitutional rights yes and we also like to thank hummingbird for their future uh being future partner here <laughs> yeah, so. i hope i didn't make a mad i hope i didn't make a mad or rats or whoever or, or what's the other one you said garmin garmin, garmin. yeah garmin and anyway if you're listening yeah, we'd we have love nothing to work against with you. using electronics no yeah. no no it's just I don't. it's just we I can't don't. afford them <laughs> i do some trading out with you for some what's that other camera one live scope whatever yes, live yeah, scope, yeah. mega imaging yeah. 360 all, all right Anyway, thank you for listening, everybody. Remember, share the outdoors with somebody. Take these kids outdoors hunting and fishing. Wayne? When your roots run deep and strong, there's no reason to fear the wind. <laughs>